My concern sometimes is we as American Christians get too familiar with some of the very familiar passages of Scripture because we were raised with them. And some of you say, well, I wasn't really raised with them. This is somewhat new to me. I'm glad it's new to you. I'm glad it can be fresh to you. And I pray that today, what you experience today at Center Point here today, is, brings up some new freshness for you or, or ignites a new spark in your walk with Christ. Today, I, I want us to look at a passage of Scripture that is really familiar. I get concerned because it's a passage that if, if you're raised in a church, you memorized it. I remember it being a passage every year when I was in Whirly Birds, which was the youth group for first, second, and third graders. And I remember when I was in Jet Cadets, it was a verse that you would memorize. And you would get little prizes for it, and you put it on your little beanie cap or on your flag. I remember going to church camp. It was a verse that you always memorized. At Vacation Bible School, it was a verse that you always memorized. And it becomes a verse that sometimes uh, it becomes so familiar, it's just a verse in our, in our pocket, so to speak, that we can pull out every now and then and say, well, yeah, that's a really good one. I can pull it out. It makes me feel good. But then we sometimes lose the message because of being too familiar. It's a verse that right now in football season on the sign. See him in the fan, the fan holding up the sign. What does it say? John 3.16. You guys are familiar. You see it on the sidelines. And nowadays the cameras try to pan away from it like, well, we can't catch that verse because, you know, that's a terrible, horrible verse. And so we can't put that on the screen. But it's still there. If you go to the football games or if you go to the basketball game, you'll see the verse being helped. John 3.16. You all know it. Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You probably know it even if you say, I was never raised in church. You probably have seen or heard that verse somewhere in your lifetime. Very very few do I experience nowadays or run into that someone says, well, I've never heard that verse. I've never seen that verse. I don't know anything about that verse. Most people say, yeah, I've heard that at one time or another. I possibly have heard or seen that verse. But let me ask you this Christmas season, have you become too familiar with it? Is it just a verse that you kind of tucked away, you memorized at one time, you know, oh, I know I can quickly turn to it, and I know I can get to it in the Bible, and I can, and I can quote it, but have you tucked it away just in your memory, and it's become something that's familiar with you, and you go, yeah, for God so loved the world, and He gave His one and only Son, whoever believes in Him shall perish, but have everlasting life. Because if you're with kids, and you're teaching that, that's sometimes how they quote it. And sometimes we as adults, that's sometimes how we view it. Yeah, for God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. I want you to think deeper on that verse this morning. I'm not going to go along this morning. We know we have a mixed uh, group and have all the kids in here. I want us to just think deeper on that verse for a few moments. For God so what? He loved. Let's just consider that word. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Let me just talk about the word love for a moment. You, you all have been expressing probably love today. If you open up gifts, you're sharing some love. You're, you're gathering around a meal, you're sharing some love. Maybe you've helped out somebody and you're sharing some love. Maybe, uh, maybe you've given to a need in the community, you're sharing some love. Maybe you, you brought a coat, you're sharing some love. Here's what I know about that verse, and the most simple thing I can tell you is that word of love meant there had to be action. It wasn't just a verse, that, it wasn't just a, a word that said, well, I love you. And in our American culture, we get that all messed up because we say, oh, I love you as you pet your dog. 
Oh, I love that gift that you just gave me. We use the word love. Oh, honey, I love you. How do you say, I love you, my little puppy, and I love you, my wife? It's a little confusing, isn't it? It's a little mixed up sometimes because that word love in the original language has so many different meanings. But for, for God Himself, that word love, that meant action. That meant i got to do something. That's not I love you as I love a piece of candy or I love you like I love my new car or I love you like the new sweater I got today or I love you like the vacation I took last year, like I love that trip. It was I love you so much that I'm going to do something about it and I'm going to move to action. Think about that for a moment. For God so loved the world. What was the action? He gave. Stop and think about that word for a moment. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. It was December 22nd, the year 2000, when our blonde-headed 16-year-old came into this earth. It was a special moment, and my wife reminds me that I spent more time watching UK play Indiana basketball game with the doctor than I was concerned about his birth. But we were watching and cheering in between the doctor saying, okay, relax, okay, now it's time, now, okay, now let's deliver a baby. But it was so special on December the 24th of 2000 when we could come home with a young child wrapped in a towel or a blanket, warm clothes, and bring him home and have Christmas with a newborn baby. I could not imagine thinking, I'm going to bring that child into this world to sacrifice him for any of you. I couldn't do it. If God would have said, hey, that child is going to be so special on that Christmas, you're going to enjoy him for a few years, but then ultimately, he's going to give his life, I'd be like, God, I don't know if I'm signing up for that deal. There's no way. And even to this day, if any of you are said, hey, you've got to give up your kid, you'd be like, no way. You said, Brian, how do I know that? Here's how I know that. In 20 plus years of ministry, whenever a child comes home and says, mom or dad, I think it's time for me to go to the mission field, or I think I'm going to go to the ministry, I think I'm going to do something for God, most of the time, American Christian parents respond with, what? No way, you're not doing that. You're not going across to another foreign land. You're not going to do that. My, my parents' response was, first of all, Brian, how are you going to make it in life? Because ministers are poor. That's a lie. That's not true. But that's our response many times. We think, well, if my child wants to do something that's not being a doctor or a lawyer or something big and significant, we go, well, it's not really all that important. And so we say, I can't give up my child to go do something big for God. So how could you possibly give them up for death for somebody? See, we, we have a hard time because we're so connected to our children. But God loved the world so much that he, he gave His only Son for you and me. And you know, that's planned in the very beginning. That was part of the plan. God knew we would need to be rescued. We'd need to be redeemed. And so He did that at the very beginning. The world had a plan put together that said, I'll redeem my people and rescue, from them, from them, rescue them from their sin and my son Jesus. Look at that verse as it continues that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes. That's a key word. Believes. See, again, that is a belief with action. God does his part. God says, I love you. I'm going to give. 
I love you so much, I'm going to give my son to be a sacrifice for you. And so then your response needs to be a response of belief. Again, do you believe it by your actions and how you're living your life and, and what you're doing? It's not a belief that just says, oh yeah, I believe. For instance, I could climb up on top of this roof of this building and I could tell you that I believe I'm going to jump off and I won't break a bone. I could tell you that. I won't break a bone. How do you know if I really believe that? If I was dumb enough to jump, right? If I jumped, then I probably would really believe that and you'd be visiting me in a hospital if I make it through. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes. Is your belief empty or is it followed up with action? See, that's what the Lord did. God said, I want to give. I love you so much. I want to give. He put action to it. Our response, he says, you believe. It's a belief with action. It's not a belief of, oh, I I believe it's going to happen and then do nothing about it. Many of you are going to express some beliefs here come about January 2nd. You know what I'm talking about. January 2nd is when we all start going, oh my goodness, I need to lose that weight I put on in 2016. I need to get more healthy. And you're going to say, I believe i got to do this. i got to quit eating this way and taking in all the junk food. I've already said it to my kids. I said, after Christmas, i got to get back in and get focused again. And many of us are going to claim that I believe i got to do something, but you know if you really believe it by what you do. It's not just an empty belief to say, well, I believe it and do absolutely nothing. So let me ask you, is your life 100% committed to Christ? Is your focus committed to God and His mission and His kingdom? That's how you know if you believe. Have you really accepted the message of Christ and repented of your sins, confessed Him as your Savior, and followed Him in Christian baptism? Have you done that? If you've done that, you know, okay, I have some some belief that's showing some action. Because even even the demons believed. Even the demons believed. But they also shuddered. See, we believe and do nothing sometimes. So let me ask you today, is your belief followed up with some action? Is it followed up with an action that says, I really love Christ and I know that I will then not perish but have the last two words, eternal life. Does anybody here desire eternal life? Y'all desire eternal life? Do you desire eternity with your Creator? Do you desire to get away from this crazy world that we live in with one threat after another threat, with one challenge after another challenge? Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus because the reward is great. And I'm sure that probably most in this room have already opened your gifts. Let me tell you the truth about those gifts. And you already know the truth. They're all going to waste away. They're all meaningless. They're fun right now for this day or maybe for this month or maybe for the next year. They're fun and and it's a fun thing to do. But they are meaningless in comparison to eternal life. The best gift you could receive this Christmas season is to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's the best gift you could have. To open up that package of salvation, of eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, whoever believes in Him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. So I just want to invite you. We're going to have some time of worship and communion. And as we receive communion and we continue in worship, if you've not received Jesus as your Savior, why not do that today? What a great gift you could open up. And so I want to invite you as we continue in worship, maybe say, you know what, I want to do that. 
Simple. Get up, go to the back of the room, and say, today's my day. The baptistry's been warmed up. We have clothes ready. If you're like, I want to do this. I'm ready. We'll make adjustments to service. We'll slide that right in, and we'll celebrate with you as you receive Christ as your Savior. All you do is just get up as we continue worship. Walk to the back room. I'll be back there. Warmly, warmly welcome you. Maybe today you go, man, I really need to understand this more. Then get up and come back and say, let's start some conversations. We'll start having some talks over a cup of coffee or, or a sandwich or something and just start investigating who is this Jesus and what does it really mean to believe. We're going to receive our communion and as we receive and partake communion, as you pick up the emblems, you pick up the cracker, and you pick up the juice, what you're saying is, I believe. Let me, let me say that again. When you pick up the cracker and the juice and you partake, what you're saying is, I believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. When you partake of the, the loaf, you're saying, I believe that Jesus gave his life for me. And when you pick up the cup and you drink the, the juice that's in that cup, you're saying, I believe that his blood shed on a cross covers my sin. And so as you partake today, this is something that we do as believers. And if you believe in Jesus, as you partake, then you're demonstrating a small sample of of your belief. So don't partake lightly. Partake in a way that says, I believe. And then, if you're not a believer today, we would love to help you on that journey. We would love to introduce you to Jesus Christ, who paved the way for us to have eternal life with God Almighty. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we... We come and we celebrate Christ. Today we celebrate His birth, but Lord, we can't celebrate His birth without also celebrating His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And so Lord, today we celebrate the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, who's conquered our sin, who's conquered the grave, who has taken away our pain and our suffering, who's given us a hope that, that we can have eternal life where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more sickness, no more disease, no more stress, no more, no more broken hearts. And so, Lord, as we receive this time of communion and we pick up the bread and we pick up the juice, Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for seeing our plight. Thank you for seeing our need. Thank you for seeing that without the blood of Jesus, we would be lost and destined for eternity without God. But Father, you loved us so much, you gave. You gave us your son, Jesus. Lord, help us to grow in our belief. And if we have unbelief, change it, Lord. Change it in our hearts and minds so that we'll spend eternity with Jesus. We honor you and we celebrate you. And we say thank you as we receive this time of communion at this time. In Jesus' name, amen.